The viewpoints expressed on Night Fright are not necessarily those of the host, the staff, the sponsors, or the affiliate stations. Tonight's program may contain graphic themes or images. Viewer discretion is advised. Showtime. Welcome to the show. I'm Brent Holland and welcome everybody to Night Fright. Tonight, folks, it is freezing outside our studio. The temperature has dipped well below zero. That's 32 degrees Fahrenheit and zero degrees Celsius. Here in Canada, we are on Celsius, but I'm an old school guy and we still go by Fahrenheit and inches instead of centimeters. What can I tell you? We flipped over sometime in the 70s and... Uh, the word there, the key word is flipped. Anyways, don't despair, folks, because tonight our guest is going to lift us out of that despair and the darkness of winter and enlighten us, perhaps, to a new way of communicating with those on the other side. Now, it may not be the way we've become accustomed to communicating with other people, but perhaps there is a way we're going to investigate tonight to communicate with those that have passed on that we actually still care about. Loved ones, in other words. Perhaps there's a way that the other side has been communicating with us that we are unaware of. And we are also going to look at the inherent dangers of perhaps contacting something that perhaps we shouldn't be contacting. Our guest tonight and her new book, the Healing Circle, How Anyone Can Contact the Other Side, Candace Talmadge, who's co-authored that book with Jana L. Simmons. Now, Candace is trained as an energy healer, and she's been taking clients to meet their guides since 1988. She's written for numerous media, including Adweek, Business Week, the Dallas Times-Herald, Forbes, the International Headline Tribune, the New York Times, excuse me, Reuters America. Yes, indeed, folks. She has also been a syndicated political columnist whose works have appeared in publications such as Liberal Opinion Week. And um, perhaps if there's time, if you want to, Candace, we can talk about Mr. Trump. <laughs> uh, well, first, Brent, thank you for having me as your guest. And second, I think Mr. Trump has all the discussion that anybody could ever want. <laughs> You know, I have a lot of listeners. I mean, I'm in Canada, of course, and I have a. I say this all the time. I have a lot of listeners um, emailing me and saying that if Mr. Trump is elected, that they're moving to Canada. And I just email them back and say, 
if Mr. Trump is elected, I'm leaving the planet. Anyways, we're moving right along. Let's talk about your great new book, The Healing Circle, How Anyone Can Contact the Other Side. I've got to ask you, Candace, has something happened in your life that you've lost someone and this set you upon the quest to reconnect with them on the other side? Yes, we. I have definitely lost people who are close to me, um, okay. a really good childhood friend and a nephew. Mm. But that didn't so much um, launch me on the quest because those people, um, well, one of them was very early before I started, and then the good friend was after I had been on my or started my quest. This book grew out of what uh, my spouse, Jenna is my spouse, and I, have been doing since um, 1986. Um, Jana's retired now, but she was a counselor and teacher before then, and she would have clients or family members of clients who had issues with grief and trying to resolve their their unspoken and unsought, you know, un, unsaid goodbye, you know, things that unfinished business. All right, with with people, departed people, and that's how I got introduced to the circle was Jana would conduct the circle and I participated in my first per circle back in I think April of 1987 and it really knocked my socks off because it was very different it was very moving very powerful it wasn't anything like the stereotypical seance that you hear and see about in the movies nothing like that at all I mean this was really profound it it helped the person who came for the healing Everybody got something from it, positive and uplifting. And Candace, how does know, it differ from the typical seance? Because, of course, you think of a seance right away. Everybody's in the dark, of course, and sitting around holding hands. Is it completely different in context? Well, there are certain elements in common. We did sit in a circle and we did hold hands, but this was uh, in the middle of the afternoon in a bright living room. Okay. There was there were, you know there were no hidden apparatus, no nothing. There was no table in the center. It was just us sitting in a comfortable circle, a small group of people, with the woman who needed to contact her deceased mother, and Jana helped guiding sort of guiding everybody through, and the rest of us there to to get information and provide support for the woman. And her daughter was one of those people who was involved in the circle. So it was um, it was you know just it's not. There are elements that are the same to the seance, but the the seance is often held for what I call voyeuristic reasons or because, gee, I'm bored, uh, let's do something, all right? Kind of like and playing with a Ouija board. That time of exactly like playing with a Ouija yeah. board. And you leave out, you tend to leave out one critical step when you do that. You don't ask for protection. Mm -hmm. And if you just call out, is anyone there? Well, guess what? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of someones there. And just like on planet Earth, not all of those someones have your best interest at heart. You know, um, life out of the physical is interestingly very similar to life in a physical body. The difference being you don't have a body that we recognize as physical. Your awareness is intact. Uh, your choice of, of how to be is, is, is unlimited again. I mean, just as many, you know, just as there are as many ways to live on earth as there are people to live, there are that way and more on the other side. All right. So we don't die and then suddenly become all perfected, all knowing, all wise and live in heaven. We are souls in a continuum. 
we are eternal beings, but we choose to focus our consciousness in different vibrations or dimensions, if you will, if that makes more sense to you, for the purposes of, you know, hopefully of learning things, but also of just having fun or settling old scores or whatever. Mm. You know, the dead are remarkably like the living. They're not perfect. Are they all around us? Uh, yes, they are, are all around us. We just simply can't perceive them. Now, again, their consciousness may or may not be focused in our direction. Right. So, and they are doing, they're off doing their own thing, mostly, at, especially just after the physical body dies. It's a transition. Think of it as moving from one country to another. Your physical presence is gone, but you're still going through change and transition because you have made a big move. And that's the same thing. Death is a big move, all right, if you want to put it that way. Now, are they as unaware of us as we are unaware of them? And, and I mean physically. They are, it dep- I think it depends on the soul involved. I think there are a lot of peop- souls we would consider, quote-unquote, dead, who truly aren't aware that there's anything else around, all right? But you could say that for people who are, quote-unquote, living. They're not aware. They're self-absorbed. It's their world, and they don't really care about anybody else. And that happens after you die. It happens before you're born. Um, that's what I'm trying to emphasize. You, you go on. You are self-aware. You just don't have a physical body. Okay. What changes? Uh, you know, there's earthly goals. A lot of people will say the goal on Earth, of course, is, is to be financially successful, Many people will negate that and turn around and say, no, the goal on earth here is to become more spiritually knowledgeable. Are the goals as individualistic on the other side as they are here? I believe so, yes. Okay. Um, from everything that my guides have told me and from what I've learned from the group of non-physical healers I work with in my energy healing um, therapy, yeah, the goals can be, you know, I mean, basically... You are. You exist. You are a soul. You are eternal because the soul at essence is energy. All right? It can, it can change form. It can change vibration. You can be focused on a material body. It uh, can be focused on not a material body in a different dimension or plane. But basically what you want to do with your life, whether it's here or on the other side, is your choice. <laughs> you know, it's up to you. How do you want to be? What do you want to do? How do you want to occupy your time? Now, the other question I have for you, you mentioned spirit guides. How did you first become in contact or connection with your spirit guides? Did they reach out to you? Did you reach out to them? And what was your first impression when that connection was made? Well, Jenna took me on what um, I refer to as a meet your guides meditation. And it's something her guides taught her. Hmm. And it's just two people, and she, you know, the, the person who's taking on the meditation, the guides gather around in a group, and they come very close, and then they all step back, and one by one, they come forward individually. And you do this in, a, in an altered state. It's very simple. It's sort of a kind of a mellow state where you go out and you're, you know, what's your favorite place? Where do you feel really comfortable and peaceful? Okay. So you, you go to your favorite place. and You go to your favorite place. So you feel you safe, know? secure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you are focused, sort of just, you, you, you become aware that they, you know, and you'll see something or you'll feel something or you mm-hmm. might even hear them talking to you inside your head or you might, um, 
just to become have that knowing or awareness that that they're telling you something so and we go through that and i went through that and i met my six group of of six core group of six guides and they gave me names that i could call them and each guy kind kind of has a role or a purpose in your in your group and it was it was a wonderful wonderful meditation i wish back then there'd been a recorder that we could have recorded it um i record all my sessions now so that people can listen to them again and um it was just like meeting old friends and they are oh they when are you, Yes, they are old friends. They're, they're souls you've been around with, possibly, in a different physical incarnation on Earth or elsewhere. Um, they want to serve the same purpose that you chose before you decided to, be, to return to a physical body. And uh, they have different skill sets. Um, David is one of Jana's guides. Okay. And he's a handy, he's a tinkerer, he's a handyman. You know, it, it always amazes service people that Jana can pretty much tell, tell them what's wrong with a piece of equipment even before they've examined it because David is already tinkering with it and letting her know, okay? Wow, that's great. He, yeah, he helps me with my computer. You know, every time I have to do an update and my computer's kind of old and cantankerous, David kind of helps the process go smoothly because wow. I ask him to. Because you ask now, you know, of course, I'm going to get a plethora of phone calls now, people, because there's so many people that need help with computers, including yeah. myself. Yeah. So I didn't realize you can go to spirit guides for things like that. I thought, I don't know, I guess I was hoity-toity or something, and thought, oh no, you can't ask for simple things like that. It has to be something really on a on a higher level. So just everyday things you can ask your spirit guides for help for. Absolutely anything, all wow. right? They're not there to tell you how to live. They're there to offer you options, all right? They're, they're there to, to say, wait a moment, your fear or your guilt or your anger, it's limiting your perception, and you, you know, it isn't either or. It's mm -hmm. this, 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 or maybe something else. What can you live with? What appeals to you? And that's what they try to do. And they, guys have expertise. And the role that guides play in, in the healing circle um, is to uh, protect you and to allow only the soul or souls you want to contact come into the circle. And that avoids all sorts of nasty game players and stuff we don't even want to get into. It just doesn't happen when you've asked your guides for protection. www.nightfrightshow.com www.nightfrightshow.com The book we're talking about tonight the Healing Circle, How Anyone Can Contact the Other Side. Our guest tonight, and one of its authors, Candace Townbudge, is co-authored with her spouse, Jana Simmons. And uh, you can get that book just by clicking on tonight's guest book cover, and that'll take you right to a spot where you can order it from the comfort of your own home. May I add, get in your cozy chair tonight, because it is so cold out that uh, it's a great night to sit in front of the fire, Listen to this great show with a great guest. Get the coffee going, get that tea going, or a beverage of your choice. Kick back and relax, and we're going to take you on one heck of a ride. And we're going to learn something all together tonight, and that is about the other side. Now, you had mentioned that Janice is in contact with a fellow by the name of David. Does she contact him, or does he contact her? Is it... A symbiotic relationship and a follow-up question to that would be do your spirit guides contact you in a different way than they do with Jana well 
they, they're friends. Think of them as friends okay. who just simply don't have physical bodies. All right? Okay. Yeah. If, if Jana asks David a question, he will respond. Or David will come to her and say, um, you know, it's like she doesn't get on a plane before she asks David to check it out and okay. give her his assessment of its airworthiness. And she does that for friends who are flying in to see us. She'll, she'll have David go look at the plane. And he will report back and say, it's all fine, captain's okay, good to go. All right? It's sort of a, you see, we don't have to live life flying blindly, so to speak. Okay. All right? Mm-hmm. Our guides are our friends. They can be mentors. Um, they want to serve the kind of the same purpose that we do, whether it's teaching or healing or be showing creativity or uh, whatever your purpose is. It's very general. But your guides are, are there to support you, to love you, to be with you. And the, the one message, if I could get one message to people in our topic, is that nobody dies alone. Nobody. There, is so, always, there are always a group of souls or at least one or two souls there to receive you on the other side. You may not perceive them. You may have trouble finding them simply because you're so focused inward. But they're always there. Because we don't come into this world alone. We don't leave this world alone. We have friends. You know, this this is just exploding a bunch of questions in my head as well. Now, we don't leave the world alone. We don't come into the world alone. Right away, I think of reincarnation. Do, do you believe in reincarnation? Is that part of this, um, this cycle? <laughs> um, oh, yes. To me, reincarnation is simply a fact. To me, okay, I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's a fact to anybody else, but I've had, I have written and am writing a whole speculative fiction series based on at least two of my past lives and the past life of Jenna and some loved ones and friends. Yeah, it's very real to me. And you often choose guides who have lived with you in past lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea, again, is to find souls who know you and can support you and want to serve the same purpose and want to go to go into the world together as a team. That's what your guides are. Okay. Now, w- the other question I have for you, because it's like a friendship, you were saying David and Jana, um, do we offer any type of guidance to them? Absolutely. We Absolutely. do. It's a two- wow, you blew me away with that. Okay, please. Well, it's it's a two-way street. Okay. Um, I'll use... I'll use uh, one, another one of Jana's guides, Manta. Manta is her protector, and he's also a wonderful healer. I have been the happy beneficiary of many Manta's energy healing efforts focused on my physical body, and it's just been amazing. But when Manta started out in her group, um, again, guides are like people in a, a doctor's waiting room if you are not in contact with them consciously. They hang around hoping to get your attention, but there's not much they can do unless and until you reestablish that connection. Once you do, it becomes a friendship, and if you really, you know, if you're in focus mm-hmm. and you contact them, consult with them daily like Jan and I do, they become your partners in your own growth, and in doing so, you enable their own growth, because Manta was very, very impatient when Jana first started consciously connecting with her guides again. But over time, he's really mellowed and really grown because she's helped him as much as he's helped her. 
and being in Jana's group of guides with her wonderful, there's a guide in the group called a spiritual growth guide, and that's the soul most concerned about each person's spiritual growth. Hmm. Um, Yaki is the name of Jana's spiritual growth guide, and if you're around Jana, you will, you will sense his presence even if you don't you know, consciously recognize it because he just oozes this incredibly soft, gentle love. It's just so amazing. It, it breaks people down. They just start crying because it's so wonderful. I mean, it just feels so good. It feels so un- non-judgmental, loving. And my spiritual growth guy is, uh, I call Sun, S-U-N. And he's um, he's a, got a bit of a more intellectual cast to him, but, you know, he's also very, very loving, very, very supportive. And these are the guides who are, their focus is your spiritual growth, but that's, that's not limiting. I mean, everything, pretty much everything in your life is one way or connected to your spiritual growth. Just being who you are, all right? You're a spiritual being. You're a spiritual being if you're an atheist saying this is all a bunch of bunk. You're mm. still a spiritual being, okay? Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. So I don't worry about that. I mean, I, I can't convince people that the afterlife is real. I can't offer them quote-unquote proof. That is a journey that each soul makes in each soul's own way and own time. But you get there in the end. It just depends. Now Are you in a hurry? Are you in a hurry, or do you want to take your time? Oh, You've like only got take, all of eternity. I'd like to take my time as much as possible in this plane, if that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's still a lot I have to do. I'd like to do. And um, Candace, when you first made contact with your spiritual guide, the very first one. What was that experience like for you? Can can you walk our listeners through that experience? Because they may actually go through something similar themselves. Well, um, what happened was, Jen and I were in the meditation, and she was next to me, you know, with with her hand on, you know, we were touching palms, because that sort of is the energy connection. She was giving me a lot of boost of energy with hers. And... um, I saw, because I'm very visually oriented, that's the soul vision that I talk about in my book, I saw a huge fireball arc across the universe. Um, and Jenna went, oh, because she felt his energy. She's very strong in soul feeling. I am, soul feeling is, is my, my weakest soul sense. So I saw him arrive with his energy, and Jenna felt it, and Sun apologized and said, oops, I'll got it back down, sorry. Because, it, you know, Jenna's very sensitive to it. So, so it was quite an impressive fireball. And that was my introduction to Sun. And then there was another guide, Alex. She's my guide who keeps me in contact with nature because in this lifetime I'm a really not a very athletic person. I don't spend much time outdoors. Um, I just don't seem to have a physical body that's cut out for lots of physical activity. But that's okay because Alex is there to remind me and help me appreciate beautiful sunsets and beautiful natural scenes. That's what she does. And when I first saw her, she was very shy, and she kind of had a hood over her face. And she gave me a haiku that I have written down. Um, I just brought it through, and, and she, you know, wrote it down for me. But eventually she's thrown her hood back, and she's sort of a, I see her as a, I always see her in in a meadow or by a river or in some natural setting, and she has very piercing eyes, and she's just there. She's my nature, 
guide. She she wants me to really connect and, and love and appreciate and honor nature, which I do. And there were, you know, other guides that I met. I had a, one jokester to start with uh, named Peter, hmm. and he promptly went out and recruited another jokester named Charlie, who, and they promptly went out and recruited a whole jazz band. So I have a whole bunch of guides hanging around playing jazz all the time. It's great. It's fun. So, Anybody of you know, we can pass their names along, or well, no, just just guides who have have either because I asked my guides, I said if you know, please find other souls who kind of want to join the group and hang out. Hmm. You know, if if they're compatible with you and you think they will be helpful to me and what I'm about and doing. Um, I have a guide named Thomas who presents himself as a medieval monk, and we did share a life uh, in a a uh, cloister. Um, during the Middle Ages, and he helps me with my writing. So there, you know, there are all sorts of guides. I have a protector named Josh, um, and my group of guides went out and recruited a a guide who calls herself Large Marge and presents herself as a medieval wise woman, you know, an herbalist. Mm-hmm. And Marge, mm-hmm. I have never lived to old age in a physical body and my body I literally have no soul or cell memory about how to be old because I've never done it I've always died early but in this life I am living to a much older age so Marge is there to help me physically learn how to cope with the effects of aging so there you know see again mm-hmm. it's sort of a specialized mm-hmm. knowledge that souls have. I mean, you know, one of Janet's clients was a businesswoman, and one of her guides presented himself in a in a suit and a briefcase, and he was her con- he was the consultant's consultant. Okay, so he was there to help her with her consulting business because that's what his expertise. Again, Again who we mean, are mm-hmm. when we leave Earth, we still are on the other side. Unless we, we just choose don't to have that. physical body. Okay. Now, you had mentioned both genders as being guides. Do we keep our gender that we die with, or can we change genders on the other side? Do we choose We genders? can change genders on the other side. We can. we can keep the gender we have. We can come back as a different gender or a different sexual orientation. Uh-huh. Again, these are all these are all experiences that we have. So if you come, here's, here's the deal. If you decide to come back as in a, in a homosexual orientation, I believe that's your decision. But once you get here in the physical, that's who you are. You cannot act on it, but you still are gay or lesbian or Agreed. something in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like if you decide to come back with red hair, you can dye it black, but it's still red underneath. Okay. That's a great analogy. I like that. So... So, but you choose it for a reason, all right? Hmm. And one of the reasons may be that you have the kind of experience that prompts you to do some soul-searching for yourself and to make some some change for the better in society. So there are many, many reasons about why you choose your family and your circumstances and your life purpose. But the overriding principle is curiosity. The soul is just like a cat. It's curious. Jeez, I hope it's not like the cats I know because they're they're obnoxious too. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they are. They sit with their back to you when they're mad at you, and you know. Well, hey, you know, <laughs> you, you know, that's that's being a cat. 
all right, you mere, yeah. you mere human being, yeah. you know. Can dye their hair red, too. There's still going to be a cat underneath. Candace, exactly. Candace Talmadge is our guest tonight. We're having some fun now. We're talking about a serious subject, though. We're talking about connect, connecting with folks on the other side and them connecting with us, spiritual guides. The book is called The Healing Circle, How Anyone Can Contact the other side. It is co-authored with Jana Simmons, who is also her her spouse. Now, I want to talk to you about um, reincarnation. When does the soul on the other side, maybe some of your spirit's guides, would they decide to reincarnate and then all of a sudden they're gone? Or Your guides kind of sign a contract with you, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. For, for they, they come before you incarnate. They stay with you while you're in a physical body. After your physical body dies, they're with you for a time while you review your life and learn what you can and make some new decisions about your new direction. And then they may go on their way or you may spend some time with them, you know. It's sort of like, okay, this party is now over and we're all going to do go on and move in other directions. Maybe, maybe not. It just depends on what you decide. All right? There's no hard and fast rule about what goes on, because we all have free will, all right? We make it up as we go along. That's the beautiful thing about it, all right? We get to decide, and there are lots and lots of religious rules and strictures, but they come from human beings. They don't come from God, Yes. all right? Mm -hmm. So we get to make it up as we go along. We always have God's love or the love of whatever source, universal mind, all that is, whatever label you like, I don't care. All right. We always have that love. But after that, we're as free as our own beliefs and fears and other issues allow us to be. And souls want to be free. That's freedom is another inherent spiritual condition. And whatever limitations we have on that, we have imposed on ourselves, usually without without even knowing it consciously. So a lot of what we struggle with is how do I get free, and how do I undo all these limitations I've imposed on myself? And we don't even know that we're doing it consciously. And your guides are there to help you say, okay, here's some of your issues, because they know when the issue happened, either in this lifetime or in another lifetime, and they're more than happy to help you try to address it if you are ready to do so. If a loved one has passed on and they're not in direct contact with you, but they may have a message for you, they would use your spirit guide to pass that they message? Could. They could. They could. Okay. But usually what happens is if a, if a loved one is passed on mm-hmm. and has a message for you, at some level, maybe not consciously, at some level you're going to know about it. That they'll either be in a dream oh. or, you'll, or, or you will think about, they'll pop into your mind for no reason whatsoever. You know, yes. you're, you're looking at your spreadsheet and suddenly you think about Uncle Harry who passed on two years ago. Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. And that's that's what it is. They're thinking at you and they want to contact you. That's how you know. Or you know because you have a longing or a need that has not been resolved. Mm. All right. You didn't say something before they died. That's exactly what the afterlife healing circle is designed to do, to provide resolution and provide hope and healing. And that's all it's designed to do. Again, it's not something that you can say, oh, yes, it's definitive now. There is life after the physical body dies. It's not. But that's not what we're addressing. That's the scientific proof that the mental body needs, all right? Okay. The emotional body doesn't give a damn. 
okay? It just doesn't care. It wants to feel hope. It wants to feel reassured. It wants to feel love. That's what it wants, and that's mm-hmm. what it needs. And that's what the Afterlife Healing Circle is designed to provide. So if, I don't know, Uncle Harry dies, and you've had a falling out with him, and you never really got to say goodbye and resolve that falling out, is there a way you can do it now after he's passed on? Can you reach out to him in the same way that he may be reaching out to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I wish more people knew this. There is, you know, soul mm-hmm. communication. Um, but to do this, you have to have a, um, a lot of self-trust, all right? You have to be familiar with how your soul senses work. Uh, it's actually what I do in the form of healing, Sunon therapy, that I do with, with people. Because at the soul level, most of us crave resolution. We don't want to be in arguments with people. We, we want to be straight with people, especially souls that we love. So you can call someone to you soul to soul and communicate with them that way. And there's a process to do it. It's, it's pretty straightforward. But, again, if you want to do this by yourself, um, you have to really have a level of self-trust. I've, I do it now whenever I have an issue with someone like a colleague at work or uh, the wife of one of my editors apparently just really took something I said the wrong way, and she never said anything about it, but she gave me the cold shoulder mm. until I called her to me soul to soul and explained that whatever I'd done, you know, I'm profusely sorry. And after that, she was all chatty and happy with me again, like nothing had ever happened. So you can do that. But what the healing circle is designed to do is have people there with you so that the information, the intuitive information that you're getting and maybe doubting, they can kind of help reassure you that, yeah, you're really perceiving this. This really is happening. So you get get validation. You, you, yeah, the people who, you know, there's a conductor who sort of yes. leads the group. There's the inquirer, the person or persons who've come to make contact. And then there are two or three or four other people who sit in and get the information and express it. That's their job. And say, I'm getting this, I'm getting that. And they help the inquirer be assured that, yes, this is the soul he or she is seeking. And then after the inquirer is, oh, yes, this is Uncle Harry. Then it turns into allowing the inquirer and Uncle Harry to commune and also expressing things that Uncle Harry is telling them. So it's kind of reassurance. It's sort of a broadening of perspective. And everybody gets to feel the love in the circle, and that's it's wonderful. I love it. It's the, it's the best thing. So not only can you reach out and make amends to folks on the other side and, and fix things, if you will, but also fellow people that, as you just mentioned, um, the wife of your editor, uh, you could reach out to them in a soul experience. And I'm thinking if the world uh, reached out to ISIS, perhaps in the same type of manner, perhaps there could be a healing there, or am I way off base here? I think individually, all right, again, this is an offering. She, the wife of my editor, had every right not to show up, but she did which I truly appreciate and thanked her for. So I think souls who are, again, we have the right to refuse love. We have the right to deny it. And I think souls who are on a path like ISIS are not yet ready for healing or self-growth. They're into anger and destruction. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. And what 
really would be more helpful is that if people did this for themselves, in other words, that kind of soul level work is best practice on your own needs and issues. Don't worry about other people. Because the interesting thing about um, anger and, and destruction is that when people don't react to it, mm-hmm. when you, when you p- snip those strings, and you know, what do you do? I mean, you look like an idiot when you're pushing and, and shoving against the person who's like, I don't know what your problem is, but so what? You know? So you are best served by helping yourself, being more at peace with yourself, and allowing that energy to flow into the world and help heal the world. It's sort of a, you know, circumventing souls who are not ready for it. That doesn't mean they have to hamper your own growth and peace and, and healing. I just want to skip back for a second to a subject we had touched on earlier, and that is uh, reincarnation and soulmates, soul groups. Now, a uh, minister uh, that was my minister for a long, long time was saying, Brent, when... Um, there's reincarnation going on. Usually soul groups all tend to come down around the same time. You know, your mother may be your sister this time or vice versa, you know, that type of thing. Is that pretty much the case that you believe as well? Like, for for example, um, perhaps Jan and you have been soulmates in previous lights, light, uh, lives as well. Oh, yes, we've shared many, many lifetimes in many, many relationships. Okay. All right, again... Okay. You, you, you do that in order to experience every aspect, all right? And, uh, yes, I believe that groups of souls come back and um, pairs of souls come back. But I also want to advise people that sometimes a quote-unquote soulmate mm-hmm. is in a really bad space because they've made some unwise decisions or they have issues that they cannot simply seem to to, uh, you know, function well because of, again, that doesn't stop you, and it doesn't mean that you are obligated to try to, quote-unquote, save them. You can't. This is the time when you just have to love them from a distance and let them be. I see. Okay. No, that makes perfect sense to me, and uh, I think it's cleared up a question I definitely had about soulmates. There's no question. And, um, What's interesting in the book is you offer various uh, exercises people can do to contact the other side. Now, we also touched on something earlier, and you kind of alluded to it in your in your statement that you just made, and that is there is an inherent danger for the novice doing this that they may just invite something unwanted in. How yeah. does one protect themselves from doing that? If one is a novice, they read your book, and they're going to try the various exercises. Simple. Just ask for protection. You may not even be aware of your guides individually, but you may you may even think, well, I, maybe I have a guardian angel. Perfect. Ask your guardian angel to protect you. That's all you have to do, but you have to do it every time because you, your guides cannot violate your free will. They can't rush in and... and do it for you, but if you say, please, you know, allow only the soul I want to contact and no other entities or things, they will do it. They will be happy to do it. But you have to ask. Once you ask, they do it. Is there a, a physical realm on the other side, or is it just pure energy, kind of like white noise? 
No, no. There are many realms that you perceive as physical, all right? There are many physical dimensions that we would think, oh, this is physical, okay, because we could perceive it with our physical eyes. But it's just a, a matter of vibrational frequencies and perception, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the physical senses perceive the body and object as matter because they are vibrating within a frequency range. And don't ask me, I don't care what the range is. It's of no interest to me. Um, but there are other physical dimensions, too, that we simply can't, you know, and the, and literally in our dimension, there are other planets as well, all right? Right. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions, and yes, boy, right. he was yeah. absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> I always took that to mean he was talking about dimensions. Dimensions within the, the, uh, the multiverse, I'll call it the multiverse, and believe me, that phrase multiverse, Sun was talking to me about multiverse long before astrophysicists and quantum physicists started talking about it. The multiverse, there are many universes, many dimensions, and within your own consciousness, your own soul energy, are also many dimensions and multiverses. So when a, per- when a person's on the other side, can they die and then decide if they want to reincarnate back to Earth? Or if they want That's to move a good on question. To I, another... I'd rather expect if they're in, a, in some sort of physical uh, dimension, they probably do die in the, in the sense that we understand it. The mm-hmm. body that it's physical will, will fade away. Um, yes, you don't have to come back to Earth. You can, you can go anywhere you want. In fact, a lot of souls who come to Earth and feel like strangers are probably souls who have been in different physical dimensions and are taking in Earth for the first time and having a bit of a, an adjustment problem, all right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, wouldn't know for, I wouldn't know for sure unless we did some individual work together, but that's my guess. I think that's probably applicable to a few of them. Okay, no, that makes perfect sense. That's a good answer as well. Now, once again, with the souls on the other side, um, if they decide to reincarnate, can they pick the time they're going to do that? Or is that, you know, I, I've always been told that um, there's a choice between free will and God's will, if you will. Or uh, there's a word in Hebrew called beshert, which is destiny. Um, mm-hmm. Destiny, soulmate, that type of thing. Um, is there a destiny, if you will, that we have to follow? Is there a script we have to follow, or can we get off the page, if you will? And do our own I believe thing? that we can get off the page for this reason. I do not see any conflict between God's will and my will, ah. because God's will for me is my will. All right? Mm-hmm. My life would have no meaning if God created me and said, you will do this, 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 and this. You cannot deviate. You are my slave. What's the purpose of that? God gave us free will, and which inherently gives meaning to our choices. And we experience the consequences of our choices, but we also, that's action, but we also experience the consequences of our thoughts, our feelings, and our beliefs. All right? People don't get that. They kind of know that we experience the, con- the consequences of our choices and actions. But we also experience the consequences of those other things. And doing that is how we hamstring ourselves and limit our perception of our freedom. 
Okay. All right. Because we think I have to go to work to earn money. I have to do this. I have to be a good parent. I have to blah, blah, blah. You don't have to do anything. You may want to do something. You may feel you need to, but that's your limitation. All right. And that's what growth and letting go is all about, is about peeling away all the barnacles on your ship of you and allowing you to sail smoothly wherever it is you want to go. I mean, I mean the, the best description of free will that I have ever is that old candy bar jingle from the 1960s. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm of the vintage that I actually remember that. What can I say, mm -hmm. folks? You know? Um, a healing circle. I'm thinking of Facebook. I'm thinking of social media. Do you have to be in physical contact with each other to create a healing circle? Or could one do it, say, in a Facebook group if they wanted to? I think the physical contact helps reinforce the energy so that it's more easily perceived. But believe me, you can send healing energy. In fact, there are experiments about people sending thoughts. And they have actually had physical things that they can register when people do a thought experiment. That's right. All right? Yes. Which yes. has really made the, the, the scientists step back and go, whoopsie, wait a moment, yes. you know. Um, we do not live in an objective universe. We live in a subjective universe. In fact, one of the greatest myths of the Enlightenment is that we do. there is something called the objective observer. No, there isn't. No observer is objective. And our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs all influence ourselves and others, whether we are consciously aware of it or not. Positive energy, negative energy, we tap into both. Mm -hmm. um, the negative one most people would call evil. Is there a separate entity that somebody could say, okay, that's Satan? Um, I first want to say that, that what feels like a negative or seems like a negative may not ultimately be that negative. In other words, there are reasons mm -hmm. that we draw uh, distressing experiences to us or perceive other distressing experiences, all right? So never give up hope, all right? It, 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 we are all going through this because we have missions and limitations and wisdom and all manner of things that move us through our lives, all right? Negative is, negative is at one point, but it could be, turn out to be a positive down the road, and often does. So, I've certainly experienced that in my own life. Oh, please tell us that if you, if you feel comfortable with it. Well, I, I would think that um, uh, just experiences that one that I'm still going through and still teasing through all the ramifications of it is that um, just over a year ago in November of 2014, uh, I tripped in a parking lot and fell flat on the left side of my face. I mean, just swamped down on the concrete. Nothing was broken. It was amazing. Nothing was broken, although I had a, you know, very sore knee and elbow and hand and, you know, and I looked like a, a raccoon because my, you know, all the bruises on my face where my glasses uh, bruised my face. Um, but it did, interestingly, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and physically, it really messed with my equilibrium, and I got bad vertigo. But that led to a whole, it just really shook me up, and, and my whole life has changed as a result. 
but that's that's I literally think that's the physical it seemed like a negative at the time and it had consequences that were that were a challenge to deal with but it shook up my life and shook it and it, and it's turning out to be a really big positive I might so, not speak how, well, so how because, did it change that negative to a positive well I actually moved from Texas to California. I'm five minutes away from my parents now. They're in their 90s. Mm. Um, mm. I'm in a town where I now where I want to live, have wanted to live for decades. It's a beautiful place. So it was a big change in my life. I mean, I spent three or more, more than three decades in Texas, which is a great place. It's just that it was time for a change. Okay. And that literally was like, literally sort of knocking me on the side to get me to move, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, this brings up a, another question that I've always been curious about. If we're here to achieve something, if we've made a deal on the other side that we have to follow a certain path and we start wavering from that path, are the spirits there to push us kind or guide us back to the path that we were originally intended for? Um, only if we want it. Okay, that's pretty... It's we have free will. Good. Yeah, you're not locked into. It's not like <laughs> you. I hate the phrase. You made your bed now. Lie in it. <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't want to lie in my unmade bed. That's for sure. Anyways, yeah. I well, hear you. but but the whole point is that God is is love, not punishment and nasty. All right, and there's a lot of nasty in this world, but that's oh, not boy. God. Mm-hmm. And you. With all, a lot of souls do this, with all the best intentions in the multiverse. They say, oh, I'm going to do this and that and the other, and I've got this mission on Earth, and I'm going to really set up this, this situation and, and go for it. And then they arrive on Earth, and the reality is so different from, you know, you forget what it's like. When you're not in a physical body, you forget all the challenges of being in a physical body and having to make a living and dealing with all the, the silliness that people deal with, you know, hand out to each other. And you're like, ooh, bit off more than I can chew. Well, you know, if you did, I say spit it out and chart a new path. You have every right. Could you offer some advice for listeners that are listening right now? There's a lot of suffering going on in the world like I've never seen before. Physical suffering, psychological suffering, uh, prejudice. There's uh, people that are out of work. They've lost their homes. They're living in cars. It's, it's inexcusable completely inexcusable. Could you offer any advice for these people? Um, I don't know if I have so much advice as I have words of encouragement. Please. Um, A, you're not alone, and nothing is set in stone. Nothing. What was up will be down. What was right will be left. Um, and there's always a reason for what happens. You may not understand it, and don't try to struggle with it in that sense. It's it's an unfolding, all right. And don't don't be too proud to ask for help. You know, God could have stopped with Adam, but God created the rest of us because we're here to help each other, not take over each other's lives. Exactly. But to help each other. So if you're in a, in a bad situation, find help. Look for help. There's always help. You know, they say it's better to give than to receive. And to me, that is such a misunderstanding of true spiritual practice, if you will. 
because in order to be to feel so good that you're giving people have to be receivers you can't give if nobody will receive mm. you can't give if there's no need all right so who's the real better than person the person who gives or the person who receives i say they're both equal they're simply playing different roles so the person that refuses to receive is actually putting up a, a wall a block if you will absolutely a block okay. okay absolutely and only when you take that block down not just consciously but at mm -hmm. every level of your being not just mentally but physically emotionally and spiritually too you know there's a whole fixation with abundance and manifesting most people can't manifest because they're literally emotionally putting their hand out and saying no I don't, I'm not going to all right they don't know how to receive and they don't believe that receiving is as spiritually enlightened as giving they are two sides to the same coin okay the book if you is... want to feel you if you want to feel useful and helpful in the world dang it there have to be people who need to help <laughs> I don't think there's any shortage of those people it's just that are they open to receive if they are open to receive, yeah. you can help them in the way that they tell you you can help them. You say, how may I help you? What may I do for you? Tell me how I can help. You don't barge in and say, I know it all. You ask for their input. You don't enforce your will on theirs. Exactly. But you say, hey, can I give you a lift to the store? Bingo. A specific thing. You can do it. Hey, you've been helpful. Can I uh, hold the door for you? Something like that. Yeah, can I hold the door for you? Yes. When I was younger, I used to disconcert guys left, right, and center because I'd see them loaded down with stuff, and I'd open the door for them. And they're like, oh, you can't open the door for me. And I'm like, excuse me? You're carrying things, and I have two arms. You know, don't there be ridiculous. Go. Of course I can open the door for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I was raised by a single mom, uh, and... Yeah, so, you know, yeah, absolutely, no question. we got to help each other through this. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, we can't do it alone. Um, www.nightfrightshow.com. Click on tonight's guest book cover. It's called The Healing Circle, How Anyone Can Contact the Other Side. Our guest tonight and one of its authors, Candace Talmadge, and she co-authored the book with her partner, Jana Simmons, her spouse. Um, we've only got a few minutes left, but I'd, I'd like to find out what you wrote for the New York Times, if you're comfortable uh, with I, that. I wrote business articles for the New York Times. I wrote about Dr. Pepper and General, oh, what was it called? Um, Sikorsky Technologies, oh, right. and I wrote about Radio Shack. That was back in the 80s when I was a business reporter. Where are we headed? <laughs> Say something hopeful. <laughs> You know, it's just where are we headed? Um, we're headed where, again, where is our focus, all right? If our mm -hmm. focus is on fear, um, you know, and, and the markets are just, people who say markets are rational, I just believe, are living in del delusion land, all right? I think markets are collective um, insanity, quite frankly, mm -hmm. all right, that, that people do not make investment decisions based on their own in interest they make it based on fear and this actually they've actually done some some research that confirmed that that, that showed that people make the investment decisions based on avoiding loss rather than gain okay so markets represent 
collective fear, basically. Do you think we're going through this turmoil and fear, to coin your phrase, in order to come out the other side as some kind of a rebirth, if you will, a reevaluation of our lives? I think that we're going through it because collectively, I believe that the system that we have is a reflection of what's going on within each soul. Ah, yes. And collectively, collectively is a reflection of everybody's consciousness. All right, good, bad, wise, not so wise. We set up a system that was untenable. Damn, what we are going to, if, 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 if we can make it through to the other side, we have to learn how to... to that's the music. I'm going to have to wrap up, Candace. I'm so sorry. Candace Talmadge has been our guest tonight. I'm Brent Holland from Nightfight. Thank you so much, Candace. I've learned a ton. I'm a stranger. I'm Brent Holland from Nightfight. See you all next time. Accounts. Order yours right now. Nightfrightshow.com.